Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. We're going to be starting off in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I preached recently uh, out of 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, and I just wanted to uh, continue in a theme, I, and, and I've, I've done this a couple of times recently, but, uh, but uh, this is the admonition from the Apostle Paul who was writing to a church that he was very happy with. This particular church had done everything that he had asked them to do. You can read about it in the first, uh, first chapter of, of, of Thessalonians. Uh, it, it, it's about the year A.D. 52, and the Apostle Paul, you know, he had, he had had a difficult time in, in, in Thessalonica. And, uh, you know, it's, it's some months later. And he is just concerned that, that, that he hadn't done enough there and maybe that the church was not doing well. But he got some word. You know, Timothy and Silas, they came from Thessalonica and they came down and met him in Corinth. And he heard that the church was doing well. Some of the other people came and that the church was growing. And the Apostle Paul got so happy and got so excited, he sat down and began to write them a letter. And he's telling them, listen, I want you to know that, that you have been doing well. You've been doing good. I'm so glad that, you're, you know, uh, that, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is going out and you're examples. And I know it's not easy for you to serve Jesus. I know you're doing this with much affliction. I know the people there, they weren't nice to me and they're probably not being nice to you but yet you're spreading the gospel all over the place everybody's hearing the gospel he 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 says that in the first chapter how wonderful you guys are doing i am just so excited about you and then he writes an encouraging letter to them and when he is concluding his letter in the fifth chapter of first thessalonians in verse eight we'll start there he encourages them uh, basically to continue to be vigilant look what he says but let us who are of the day be sober hold there just a moment let us who are of the day be sober. Who, who, who are those that are of the day? Well, he is talking about the difference between people who are born again and people who are lost. He's talking about the difference between a believer in Jesus Christ and someone who has not yet been saved. And he's talking also about that believer who is living the life as an example and witnessing and sharing and praying and trusting God and, you know, doing the things of the, we are of the day. And that's what he's talking about. He includes himself in this. The believer in Jesus who is saved, the elect, many places in the Bible talks about the elect, those who have been born again. We have special favor with God, but also we have greater responsibility. And that's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Verse 8, but let us who are of the day, let us be sober, let us be vigilant, let us be circumspect, let us be paying attention, let us really be watching here. And look what he continues to say, let us, you know, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. 
For God, verse 9, did not appoint us to wrath. Aren't you glad? I am so glad God did not ordain me for wrath. He didn't appoint me for wrath. God didn't say, okay, listen, you know, God didn't say, Ben, you're going to hell. Nothing you can do about it, okay? You're, you're going to have a horrible, you know, existence. God didn't appoint us to wrath. Isn't that great? But look what he does. He does not appoint us to wrath, but he rather said to you, Ben, you shall obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that. Salvation, that Greek concept, sozo, which, which uh, literally means spirit, soul, and body, that everything that we are, the wholeness of who we are, God has appointed us to be whole and healthy and happy. Isn't that great? That we should be mentally and physically and, and, uh, uh, and, and emotionally uh, uh, and spiritually healthy and happy. That's what we've been appointed to. That's our destiny. Isn't that great? Well, uh, I, I think it's amazing, you know, uh, that, that, that salvation has come. We've been appointed to salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, this, this is the same Jesus, verse 10 says, Jesus Christ, who died for us. That whether we wake or sleep, whether we're alive or whether we are dead, we should live together with him. He should be living in us and through us, whether we are here on earth or whether we are in our eternal reward, we are uh, uh, destined to be joined and to be one and to live together with Christ as the elect. Now back to verse 8 for just a moment here. Okay, uh, uh, verse 8, you know, um, we that are of the day, let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the helmet, uh, you know, the hope of salvation. Uh, uh, verse 8, notice that the Holy Spirit is, is, is primarily concerned with two areas of our lives. Okay? These two areas can be seen in verse 8. He talks about faith and love as a breastplate. Okay? That protects the heart. Okay? So the number one thing that the Holy Spirit is concerned about is us protecting our heart. The heart. It needs to be covered. And what God has chosen to give us access to and to give us what God, the tool, the power, the grace, the, the, the ability that God has chosen to give us to protect our heart is, is faith and love, the breastplate of faith and love. You see, faith and love protects the heart. And he's primarily, the Holy Spirit is primarily concerned with two things. Number one, the heart. Now, the breastplate is designed. It, it, it's front and back. You know, that's what the breastplate, uh, that, that, that's what it looked like when you put it on. And, 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 and it's designed to, 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 to protect. And the Bible says that's faith and love. We're being told here that the plan of the enemy is to attack our faith and to attack our love. And if so, they can damage, have access to, and damage our heart. Your heart can be damaged, can be wounded. And what God has given us 
to protect against the wounds, to protect against the damage, to protect against the, uh, the, 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 the you know, heartbreak, heartache, is faith and love. Faith and love help to extinguish those attacks of the enemy so that we can continue to be children of the day and walk different than people out here whose hearts have been wounded and damaged and they, and, and they no longer have faith and love, enough faith, enough love for them to look like anything else. They look just like and act just like the children of darkness. They feel just like the children. They feel just like they had never been born again. Even when they're saved, they feel the same as the world feels and acts the same as the, and talk the same as the world talks. Why? Because their faith and love is, is, is not intact. When the enemy can destroy your faith and can damage your love, your heart can be broken. And this is what the Holy Spirit is trying to do, to protect, number one, the heart. The second thing here that, that, that the Holy Spirit was pointing at, that the Apostle Paul was, was, was trying to, to articulate here, was, was not only the protection of the heart, but, but the protection of the mind. The heart and the mind. You see, the mind is covered on all sides by the helmet. Okay? And he says that this helmet, it's a helmet of hope. That protects the mind. The enemy does everything he can to penetrate our thoughts and bring us worry and bring us fear. Not just to destroy our faith or to damage our love, but also to control our thoughts and make us worry and make us afraid and, 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 and we lose direction and we lose connection and, and we get to a place where we can't even think straight. And that's why the Holy Spirit is telling us that it's so important to protect our heart and protect our mind. And what we need to do to protect our heart and protect our mind is, 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 is we need faith and love as our breastplate. They work together while hope is the helmet that keeps us mentally sound and keeps us in command of our lives instead of being controlled by the outside forces of darkness pushing on us and pushing us in different directions, deceiving us, telling us that we have no hope. Do you know today how many people Attempted or succeeded in committing suicide today? Do you know why? Because they have no hope. They don't imagine, they cannot imagine anything is going to get better than this. They think it's going to get worse. The Bible says there will come a day even when men's hearts will fail them for a fearful looking of things to come. The heart and the mind. 
how important it is for us to protect that. And God has told us exactly what we need. In fact, it's, it, it's not just the Apostle Paul. All the way back to 1 Chronicles chapter 28, when God was speaking with Solomon, uh, you know, uh, he, he talked to him, him about the importance of keeping his heart and keeping his mind in the right place. Uh, it, it says, uh, one, one portion of, of, of chapter 28, verse 9 says, For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. You see, there is a blessing attached, First uh, Chronicles 28 says. There is a blessing attached when, uh, when we seek the Lord and when we stay strong in heart and willing in mind. When we have a mind and an attitude that is willing to let God in and we keep hope as a helmet and keep faith and love as a breastplate, uh, we, we are protected against the enemy in a way that God intended. These three powers that God has given us to protect us against the designs of the enemies, to protect our heart, protect our mind, these three powers are spoken of throughout the Scriptures. And they should be very guarded and, and, and they could, should be cultivated in our lives. Uh, because these three powers, these three gifts that God has given us, these three tools that God has given us to protect our heart and protect our mind, they are vital, they are critical to us. And we need to cultivate them in our lives. He's left it up to us. He said, here, I'm going to give you a little of this. I'm going to give you a little of this. I'm going to give you a little of this. Like seed forms. He gave us faith as a, as, as a mustard seed. Okay? He gave us uh, 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 you know, uh, these seeds. But it's up to us to cultivate them and grow them. And to grow them in, into the fruits of the Spirit. And to grow them into these important elements of a breastplate and of a helmet it's so important because together these three elements these three tools together working in our lives will determine our victories and without them in in measurable quantity without them in sufficient quantity we will experience defeats, defeats of our faith, defeats. We'll get to a place where we do not trust God if we do not cultivate our faith. We'll get to a place where we do not care about others if we do not cultivate and grow our love. We'll get to a place to where we do not think the thoughts that God thinks if we do not cultivate our hope. All of these, these three things, these three powers, the power of hope, the power of faith, and the power of love. That's what the Apostle Paul is writing to us from the Holy Spirit. Faith and love as a breastplate, hope as a helmet. It's not the only time that the Holy Spirit is going to talk about these three elements throughout all of the scriptures. I mean, uh, just, just read them over and over and over, you know, uh, faith and hope and love and faith and hope and hope and love and all these, these three powers, the power of hope, the power of faith, the power of love, these are critical to us being effective in this life. 
1 Corinthians 13, verse 13 says this, And now abide faith, hope, and love. These three. These are the three things that are lasting. These are the three things that are abiding. Okay? But the greatest of these is love. Now, as Paul is, is closing out his first letter to the church at Corinth, he reiterates these things. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13 and 14. Watch, stand fast in faith, be brave, be strong, and let all that you do be done with love. The power that we need in this life to be effective and to walk in the day, the power that we need in this life are going to be found in faith and hope and love. To protect our heart, to guard our heart, and also to guard our minds. And our heart and our minds are essential, critical to be mentally healthy and to be heart, spiritually healthy. Because if we are not strong and brave, if we don't stand in faith, then we, we, we will not experience victory. Good news is, by the way, that hope, faith, and love all come from us making sure that we have a consistent intake of the Word of God, a consistent outflow of worship to God, and also of prayer as we not only petition God and intercede for others, but also as we spend time just talking with God. The Word of God, worship, and prayer are the things that help us to grow our faith, our hope, and our love. I'm going to uh, uh, share a few last scriptures with you. If you look in 1 Thessalonians, the first chapter, that, that I believe uh, will be a critical key, okay? Uh, according to, uh, you know, while you're finding 1 Thessalonians 1, uh, you know, the Bible tells us in 1 John, the fourth chapter, that God is love. Now, if you say that you love God, but you do not love your neighbor, you're a liar. That's what it says in, in, in you know, you're, 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 you're deceiving yourself. You're lying to yourself and lying to others. Because if you do not love the neighbor that you can see, God says you do not love God. God that you can't see. Wow. Uh, uh, love is the greatest protection we have. Love is the greatest protection that God has given us. It's important that we love because love keeps us on track. The greatest of these is love. Love keeps us on track with God. However, love hurts. It hurts to love others sometimes. Just ask Jesus. Just ask God how much it can hurt to love someone else the way God loves them. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2. The Apostle Paul begins his letter to those in Thessalonica. Uh, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith. We're going to see these three one more time. You know, uh, remembering 
Number one, your work of faith. Number two, your labor of love. And number three, your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father, knowing, beloved brethren, your election by God. Same thing. We have been appointed unto salvation. We have been elected, okay, uh, for salvation. We, we, we have been chosen. You, you know, you didn't choose him, the Bible says. He chose you. Isn't that pretty good? He chose you. He chose you. You have been elected by God. You have not been appointed unto wrath, he will say in chapter 5, but rather you have been appointed unto salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord who died for you, who gave his life for you. He loved you that much. He hurt for you. Verse 3, remembering without ceasing, uh, the first thing he talked about was... uh, I'm remembering you because of your work of faith. He said, the reason that I'm so happy with you, church in Thessalonica, the reason the Holy Spirit is so excited about what you're doing is because we are seeing your acts of faith. You know, faith and works go together. In fact, James says, without works, your faith is dead. Faith without works is dead being alone. Show me your faith. Well, you can't unless you show me your works. You have to demonstrate. Now, works won't save you. Faith will save you. But once you are saved, it's time to go to work. And it's important that we demonstrate our trust in God. Works of faith. This, this, this Greek word here for the, for the word works, uh, about work of faith, is, is, is where we get uh, the concept of energy. If you are trusting God, then somebody's going to notice it. Okay? Somebody's going to notice it in how you act. Somebody's going to notice it in what you say. Somebody's going to notice it in, in, in you know, and you just thinking differently. You just will. I mean, if you trust God, you know, it's, it, if, if you don't trust him, it's coming out of your mouth too. You know, you don't have to hang around someone very long to know if they're a worrier or if they're a truster. Hello? To know if they're a doubter or to know if they have faith. You don't have, you don't have to hang around someone very long to understand, you know, what they're, and then if you watch their life, and they aren't living what they're saying, the first bump in the road they have, if they go, oh my goodness, the sky is falling, I think I'll go kill myself, okay, you know that, that, okay, this ain't working. Noah believed God that it was going to rain, but that wouldn't have done him any good if he had not have built a boat, Hebrews 11 says. We are, you know, we are people of faith, but our work of faith, faith demands work. Our work of faith shows our faith. If we have faith in God, then we are going to be living like it. Let me ask you, dear saints, do you have faith in God? How are you acting? How are you living? What are you saying? Where are you? Now, we're not talking about foolishness or presumption. Noah built a boat. He didn't just say, God's going to take care of me. He, you know, there is something called stupidity that, that masquerades like faith, but it's not. Hello? Faith does something because we believe. Okay? We work with God. All right.
A second thing here, he talked about, uh, you know, we, we remember you, and, 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 and I'm so excited about you, church, because of your work of faith, and number two, because of your labor of love. You are, you, you are an example to others because of a labor of love. Labor. You may not have noticed this before in the Scripture, but let me tell you that this love that he is talking about, uh, the agape love here that, 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 that this word love is, love is a labor. It's work. And that's what he's talking about. It's hard. Love is hard. Love is not easy. Love is hard. Love is not easy. Love is hard. And sometimes we feel as though that we might even be, you know, uh, you know uh, saying something horrible if we were to say, you know, it's really, really hard to love you. I'm going to love you, but you know, it's not easy. To think that it's easy to love someone would be to deny the Word of God. It is not love cost. Love is hard. Like all labor, love is hard and it's done and accomplished on purpose. It doesn't mean that love does not have some rewards. Love has rewards. You know, like planting seeds in a field has rewards. But have you seen the farmer sweating? Yes. It's hard work to raise a garden. It has some rewards. Love has some rewards. But, but, uh, but love is not easy. This word labor, your labor of love, this Greek word labor, is a word that literally means beating. The beating of love. That's, that's what, I mean, I didn't make this up. This is what the Apostle Paul wrote, okay? It means to, to, to beat the breast in grief and in sorrow. <laughs> it means trouble. That's what this Greek word means, trouble. Love is trouble. When you fall in love with somebody, believe me, there will be a little trouble. Just ask God. I mean, God is the picture. God is love. God is the picture of love. It doesn't mean that, 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 that you know, uh, it, it, it doesn't have rewards. It just means that it's not easy. For those of you who have children, you know you love them, but come on now. It's not always roses. If you've been married any length of time, you know that love is tough. It's toil. That's what this word means. It means pain. It means weariness. It means effort, great effort. Interesting, isn't it? That God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And listen, there are rewards. All of us are fruits of God giving his only begotten son. Do you think that was easy? No. It was hard. It wasn't easy. It has rewards and has benefits. But anyone who's going to get into the love business needs to realize that it's not easy to love someone, but yet we are commanded to love our neighbors. 
We are commanded not just to love people when it's easy or when it benefits us or during the days of reward, but we are called to love them, love even our enemies. Do you think that's easy? It's not easy. When you look at someone and realize that they are loving others, you can see them loving others. Even their enemies realize that they are doing their best to be like Jesus. What we have done many times is we have imagined that love is somehow connected with some person's deserves that if you deserve it I'll love you if you earn it I'll love you I will love you as a reward for your behavior no love says nothing about the person who is being loved love says everything about the person who is loving you see God loves me I know God loves you, but it says nothing about you. You could be a stinker, and God still loves you. Love says everything about God. Love is the measure of God in me. It's not the measure of God in you. Love is not the measure of you being right. Love is not the measure of you deserving it. Love is not the measure of, of, of you having done something to please me. Love is not a reward. Love is a gift that's given first, that's given most, and is given always. Love gives first. Love gives the most. Love gives always. As Corinthians 13 says, love never fails. And we are commanded to love the labor of love, the hurt of love. You know, it's easy, Jesus said, to, to, to love somebody that loves you back. But what thanks do you have if that's the only thing? I mean, even he said even sinners do that. I'm asking you to love when it hurts. I'm asking you to care about others. When it, why? Because it is a breastplate that protects your heart. Because the faith and the trust that you have in God and the love that you have for others is a breastplate that will keep your heart from being damaged. It will keep you walking in the light. It'll keep you living like Jesus. It'll keep you victorious. Love and faith will keep your heart protected like a breastplate. And then he said that we must also have that helmet as 1 Thessalonians 1, 3 says, patience of hope. You see, hope will produce this type of patience. It's like a helmet that we continue steadfast so that we aren't taken out of the game mentally. That's the first thing that'll happen is the devil will try to invade your thoughts and take you out of the game mentally because he'll try to destroy your hope. He'll try to take away your hope. Well, it's never going to get any better. It's always going to be like this. You know, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, I, you know and, and, and he gets you over here. And then he begins, once he gets your mind, starts controlling your mind, he starts working on your faith. He starts working on your trust in God like he did with, with, with Eve. Starts working on that. And all of a sudden, you get over here and, 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 and w w without even realizing it, it's penetrated your heart and it's not just your mind but your heart trouble and mind trouble both and all of a sudden you feel separated from God 
and exposed to the enemy. And you don't even know how you got here. And, it, and all of a sudden, to yourselves, you begin to look like grasshoppers in the sight of your enemies. To yourself, you begin to feel worthless. God's not happy with me. I'm not worth anything. And all it is is that you have exposed your heart and your mind because you did not cultivate and keep and guard the hope that is in Christ. That God has not appointed us under wrath, but he's appointed me under salvation. I am the elect of God. And the word intake and the worship outflow and the prayer that we do as we go to God and converse with him, that fellowship that we have in the Holy Spirit, those three things build us up in faith, build us up on our most holy faith as we're praying in the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you can't do anything else, just begin to pray in the Spirit, sing in the Spirit, and let that build your faith up and guard your heart. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of your heart will flow the issues of life and protect your mind well that's what I came to share with you tonight is it is important for us to maintain our intake of word and our outflow of worship thanksgiving and worship and praise to God and also our fellowship with God as we converse with Him in prayer and talk to Him like Jesus did about everything. Don't feel separated from Him. He's running toward you, especially if you have done something He's not happy with. He's seeking you out in the garden. He wants to restore relationship so that you'll not lose hope of salvation, that you will not lose trust in Him and love for the brethren. Protect your heart. Thank you. Protect your mind. These are the two most important things the Apostle Paul was trying to get across to a church that was strong and doing well. He was trying to get it across to them to protect yourself. Protect yourself. You need a breastplate. You need a helmet. Protect yourself. You know? Amen? Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.